0: of bad.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Brisbane Football Review as we launch a special series ahead of the Raw's Asian Champions League campaign. We've partnered with the club to produce this podcast and we'll be with you throughout the campaign this year. For those of you listening to the first time, my name's James, I'm going to be your host and I'm joined by Scott and Adam. Guys, welcome.
2: Good to see you, James,
1: Adam. So for those of you listening for the first time, we're three fans with a little bit too much time on our hands. So we hope you'll enjoy the show for the next half hour or so.
2: Just a little bit too much.
1: (laughs) Alright, so we're going to uh, take you through segment one, a preview of Tuesday night's game against Filipino side Serres Negros. Match day information Tuesday, 23rd of January, 7pm kickoff at Cusack Stadium. And Adam, you, we've just got to clarify the parking situation. I look,
3: we've heard a couple of different sort of reports about whether the park can be available. And so the advice that, you know, the that we've sort of been given is that, you know, if you, if you need to use pub, if you need to use public transport, use it because I think parking will be limited around the stadium. It can be tricky at mm-hmm. the best of times. Um, so, yeah, so if you can use public transport, you know, transit.com.au is probably a good f- resource for that and, and uh, check it out.
2: It is also a pretty popular workday car park as well. So the parking that is there will probably be taken up as well. So plan ahead.
1: And of course, tickets are still available. So get in and enjoy what will hopefully be a very entertaining night of football. So, we're going to start off with a little bit of Asian Champions League history. This will be the Raw's fifth campaign and third run through the qualification stages. In 2013, the Mike Mulvey-led side went down 3-0 on penalties to Buriam United in Thailand after a scoreless 120 minutes. Last year, as we all remember, they beat Global 6-0 in Brisbane before a very impressive 2-0 win over Carlos Tevez's Shanghai Shenhua in China. Adam, what do you remember from... Let's start with the Global game at Suncorp last year.
3: Look, um, sort of the best memory there is that, you know... I guess they were also stamped their authority that, you know, they, they were clearly better than um, Global FC last year. And they, they sort of showed it for for the most part. And, it, and we also saw you know, a couple of youngsters make debuts. Um, Nick D'Agostino sort of made a big sort of impact in that yeah. game. So I think it's a good, a good platform for, I guess, for the younger players in the squad to sort of make impact. And it's probably not as formidable opposition as you'd face in Asia.
2: Yeah, that was my big takeaway from the global game. It was the young guys getting their first taste in the senior squad. Daningham starting at left-back, obviously. Mm-hmm. Joe Coletti coming on in the second half, still having a big impact. So that was my big takeaway, because there was a bit of a golfing quality between the two sides.
1: That's right. It was a chance to see some of those youngsters. And I suppose 6 nil as well. I remember there was uh, Nick D'Agostino towards the end had a really good chance. And was it Brett Holman start as well?
3: I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> I know. I know Brandon Barrello and Manuel Arana were the, were amongst the goal scorers. So,
1: yeah. So it was a very fun night, and then of course we went over to China to see what was. I think again that a lot of people didn't think they had a really good chance in, and they. St- put together what was a fantastic effort. Thanks again to Brandon Borello. I
3: think as well, I think that the, my memories take away from Shanghai Shenhua last year was that the whole hype around Carlos Tevez, but they, there really wasn't much um, around him. Obviously, a lot of hype. Obviously, he came with sto- obviously a storied you know, reputation. But it, I think it's also best to remember, that this is the best time for the Australian teams to catch out some of these mm. sort of perceived better teams because they're still in pre-season while, you know, while well, the Australian clubs, you know, they've, they've sort of been in season for five, or six months at least.
2: And I forget who made the point, travelling from the heat of Australia to the, the colder climate of China is much better than vice versa hmm. for the players to be able to run. And they just ran all over Shanghai in that game.
1: All right, so we are going to focus on Tuesday night now. So a little bit of information about the opponent. Saros Negros FC won the Philippines League final series last season. It was 4-1 over last year's opponents global. They were formed in 2012, and this is their first appearance in the Champions League. They made the last date of the AFC Cup in 2017. Adam, what's the squad looking like?
3: Um, look, it's it's a, a squad sort of in progress. They're sort of obviously building towards um, building towards sort of I guess their domestic competition, so sort of dominating that. No, funny you know, they've got 14 Filipino internationals in their squad and one interna- Iranian international squad. So on paper, um, they're actually you know I guess they're, they're building towards something within their own sort of sphere. But <coughs> whether that translates, it, Southeast Asian form is very, very hard to line up against, say, for example, Australia or even Japan or Korea. So it, it's it is it is difficult. But look, they, they will come in quite confident that you know that like like the raw did last year to Shanghai Shenhua that they can
2: actually cause an upset. We've also got a couple of Spanish Visa players in the squad who are quite handy as well, including a goalkeeper who's just arrived, along with, I think it's Mike Ott as well, he's playing in... Thailand last year, I believe. Yes, yeah, yep. in Thailand last year, and he's a quite a handy player as well. There's
3: there's a number there's a number of um, players that you know have sort of German sort of yeah. origin played ju- sort of in, in the yeah. lower leagues and whatnot. You now you might you mentioned Mike yeah. Uh He was Steven, at 1860 Munich for a while, wasn't was, he? Yeah. Second, division, yeah. um, Our second team. Yeah, second team. Stephen Schrock's another one who's pretty much their, their playmaker and everything. right he he comes with a big reputation, and the Spanish winger Bien- Bien- Bienvu also as well. You know, they're they're the ones I think to watch yeah. for the, for the raw.
1: All right, so they beat Shan United on penalties last week. Scott, what were your big takeaways from that game?
2: Jeez, oh, where do you want to start? It wasn't <laughs> the greatest of matches, if I'm being honest with you. Um, there weren't actually too many chances either. I mean, it was... I think it was very clear that both sides were in pre-season. That was, that was really obvious, and...
1: It wasn't the easiest conditions either. No, well,
2: the conditions weren't the easiest, and the pitch wasn't great either, but it was a bit of a dour game. It, then, um... Negros Negros just got over line in penalties, really. I mean, a couple of sky-high penalties from from Shan United way over the crossbar and they were through, but it wasn't the greatest of games, if I'm being honest.
3: No, look, I think at the end of the day, I think it's, if, I guess, it both seemed, it obviously showed how much momentum to, to mm. qualify. No, neither were going to give any quarter. Yeah. Tough conditions man, in Yangon, Myanmar this time of year as well. You know, the pitch, as you said, mm. wasn't wasn't great. So, I think you can only take it on face value um, that at the end of the day, Saras Negros mm. progress and they
2: uh, earn the ticket to Australia. It will do them a world of good, though, that 120 minutes in the heat for their pre-season. It'll bring them forward quite a lot. So they be, should be better on Tuesday night.
1: And as you mentioned before, they are coming to Australia with the attitude of why can't it be us? And I think well, that's the right approach for them to be also taking. Also as
3: well, it, it is a free hit for them because at the end of the day, they they will progress on to the, the AFC Cup, ir, irrespective of what happens on Tuesday night. So I think for them to take a big swing at this, you know, play with no fear and all, I think actually it... it, it it can't take them lightly. Obviously, they, they will be well under sort as far as, you know, ability and what it goes. But, you know what? With nothing to lose, you just you just never know. And this, and this is what's the beauty of our game.
2: We've seen upsets before. Absolutely. It can happen. Hopefully not.
3: <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so,
1: let's focus now on the Raw and the story that came out from Marco Monteverde about the squad and yep. the fact that three of the four Visa players could uh, take to the field on yep. Tuesday night and... They've announced that midfielder Thomas Christensen will be the player missing, or the foreign player yeah, missing. So we were
2: talking about this between the three of us during the last week, and we thought it might have been one of Bochak or Ben Calfala just because of Riesel's having one midfielder, one striker, and then a winger. But they've gone with the three attacking players, which is maybe shows you the mindset for these two games, I think. And also, uh, obviously is just back from injury as well, so you don't want to rush him back too much too soon.
3: I think the big takeaway from that was the the headline was, you know, safety first approach, yeah. you know, from John Aldissey that you know, you don't want to risk, you know, Thomas Christensen and uh, potentially, you know, a game against, you know, with, with all due respect, lesser opposition, mm-hmm. and then a trip to China to face it, you know, where he, he is very very valuable to the side. So mm-hmm. I think it's it would, would have been a difficult choice. I think if all four foreigners were fit, it would have been a very very difficult choice. So I guess it's almost like the obvious one out. And I know the fans sort of are, you know, sort of jumping up and down saying, you know, why? But I think. You've got. I think you've got to take the percentages on that. And the other thing
2: is they can also change it after the two mm. qualifiers for the group stage if they wanted to bring Christensen in.
3: You just read my
1: mind, Scott. I was about to Did ask I? you about that. I
2: there you go. I'll answer it for you.
1: Yeah, so one of the other things also, I suppose, is with the upcoming A-League trip to Gosford, you do want a leader in the mould of Christensen to sort of take what might be a younger squad in and around
3: the park there. Like the, the other quotation from that article was that there's only potentially one or two players that will play both in, you know, in this game in Gosford, you know, Jamie Young potentially being one of them. So, um, in in that case, look, you know, it's it, the most important thing at the moment is, you know, I guess focus on the Champions League. And, you know, like I said, it's, the, the FFA have been sort of less than helpful as far as, you know, rescheduling games and whatnot. So, I guess you, you've, you've got to play as a whole squad
2: this is where the return to fitness of a number of players and the squad's depth as a whole will be really valuable with what? these three games coming up between Ceris um, Negro, Central Coast, and then hopefully Tianjin the week after.
1: That's right. So let's go through, I suppose, a pro- projected lineup. This mm-hmm. is just us sort of doing our own maths here. Goalkeeper, do you go with Jamie Young or Brendan White?
2: No, you go Jamie Young. Jamie, Jamie Young?
1: Yep. All right, so then how would you deploy the back line We've got an interview with Sorry, Conor O'Toole...
2: With some... Um, I might might have played Brendan White on Saturday against Central Coast, but I think John Lewis has already claimed it's going to be Jamie Young, so... Anyway. There we go. All right, so go with ahead. the back
1: line, we've actually got an interview with Conor O'Toole coming up for segment two, so stay tuned for that. Do you think he's going to play left back on Tuesday night?
3: I think, assuming all's well, I'd say uh, Corey Brown goes goes on Tuesday night. I think... I think it, if, if I'm pr- if I'm predicting, I think it will be a fairly strong, one of the stronger lines that you'll see. So uh, obviously the, the regular back four of you know Hinget, Papadopoulos, the VR Brown, I think it would be a back four.
2: Yeah, it sounds about right. I think that's pretty much going to be the strongest possible lineup for this game, and then. The depth players against the rest of the players against Central Coast.
3: So one quick thing to know as well that um, Jade North did play 45 minutes in the youth game on Friday morning, so okay. he may as well come into calculations if
2: not for. Um, probably more for Central Coast. Yeah, really, probably more yeah.
3: Central Coast. Yeah, but
1: you do know. have the luxury of an extended bench though in Asia as well, That's so you could right, wind yeah. up with a few more players coming in as sort of emergency mm. cover.
2: We are talking about a lot of experienced players starting this game, but I'd like to see some young guys on the bench as well if the game is comfortably in hand, to give some of the young guys a bit of experience We've on been the paying,
1: field. You two especially have been paying a lot of attention to the youth team this season. Are there any players there that you might be interested in seeing potentially have a run? I think
2: the one that we haven't seen yet would be Aaron Ridden. He's been in and around the mix for about a year or so now. So maybe he had more him on the bench for so this may bring on the second half. But other than that, I mean, it's the guys who've seen before we give him another opportunity. I think Emilio Martinez is still just getting back from a knee injury, so.
3: I think Bryce Baffert would be one that be be interesting. That, yeah. you know, may be sort of you know close. He's sort of he's been one of the standout performers for the youth team, so this might be a good opportunity to slash reward for for a good youth um, league yeah. campaign. All right, so uh, what was I going to say from here? Sorry, I'm <laughs> just throwing
1: a bit of a mental blank. It's actually quite early for us recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yes. way early, yeah. So the central midfield two would be almost by elimination then Mackay and Oxborough.
2: Maybe Pepper. Pepper. I think that's a 50-50 that actually between Pepper and Oxford.
1: Well, do you consider Jacob Pepper more of a defender now? Because that's where he's been playing uh, for most of the year.
2: Possibly, but I think with the return of Daniel Bowles and Jade North, I think with the, the regular four central defenders there, at this point he's probably more going to be in midfield for the Champions League, particularly without Christensen as well. I think and Coletti's injured, so and he you're does keep that... those three in the midfield or two of three.
1: And he does actually give that sort of versatility where he can fill in at a few different positions. Yeah. So it could be a useful mm-hmm. utility to have on the bench.
3: Oh, de- oh definitely. I'd, I'd say definitely he'd be part. You'd think that he'd be part of at least the bench. Um, yeah, 50-50. Weather. I think you're right. Mackay is one, it's the one midfielder mm-hmm. who partners him. I think that's a 50-50 between Oxbury yeah. and um, Pepper.
2: Pepper's probably a more suited combination because has played more the left side of midfield when he's played. So,
1: And going forward, we've seen Daniel Leck get a fair few minutes in the last. Yeah month or so, would you consider giving him the chance to run at the game early?
2: Uh, more so probably off the bench. I think Franich will start the game, and lek will probably be playing again on Saturday in the management. I think he'd do a really good job if he was given the opportunity. I think he's done quite well, actually, Daniel lek making yeah. those runs in behind. It's been really surprising.
1: Well, What we've seen with a lot of these young guys is they haven't been overawed by the occasion.
2: Absolutely not. No, I able... think... he, he in particular has done really well when he's come in.
3: Yeah no look I think you know, as far as sort of, you know, sort of rounding off the predictions um like I said, I think it'll be that that, that you know experience from four of you know Ben Kalfala, Baltiak uh, Franucci and Macaroni I think that's sort of where I would expect the side D- to be. The one thing on that
2: is Brett Holman variable does he mm. start or does Gamero play up front again? That's that'd be interesting to follow.
1: So for me I'll be really interested to see if players like Brett Holman who might not be used in the game in China, if the Raw do progress, will he play Tuesday and Saturday?
3: Look, I think it comes down to sort of a question of priority. I guess, you know, if they, if you go in that one game at a um, time of sort of approach, I guess you don't really need to sort of overload all your weapons, you know, as far as, you know, playing against Saras mm. Negros. So perhaps, you know, just the sole, the sole okay. game, stick him on the bench for for that game Tuesday night, but obviously definitely start probably, be, you know, a very important piece of, that,
2: you know, puzzle against the Mariners on day. The other thing about the Champions League is yes, there's an extended bench but you can only use three players off that bench as well. So It's not a pre-season yeah. friendly where you just, just change the team at the halftime. John Alessio yeah. only took 14, 15 players to Shanghai as well, I think, from memory. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of young guys added in on the bench as well.
1: Alright, so we're going to finish off just with final thoughts. Adam, what are you expecting for Tuesday night?
3: Look, I think... Um I'd be very surprised if the Raw don't win by a clear and comfortable margin. Look, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you know, as on paper, you know, Negros they look like a decent team, but I think that I think they're still a couple levels below what if the Raw show up and do what we expect them to do and play their potential. It should be an easy. It should be an easy win.
2: Yeah, last year's kind of a benchmark, really. A couple of early goals, put the tie to bed, and just professionally see the game out.
3: Yep. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think mm-hmm. that the early goal for, for the Raw, I think they'll, they'll sell things down pretty quickly. The longer it stays goals or, heaven forbid, they go behind, that may sort of cause a little bit of panic. But yeah. if they score early, I think it'll be a comfortable night.
1: Yeah, this is a night where I suppose you could look at it as a springboard going forward, where it's a chance to get a few players, you know, build up their confidence yeah. going forward, because obviously there is still an A-League season to worry about as yeah. well. So it's a chance to...
0: I suppose, yeah. take care of business.
2: One player particularly, and it might be Corey Gamera, who's coming back from several knee reconstructions, for to score his first goal potentially in this game, if that were to happen, that would be a tremendous confidence boost for him.
1: And we've seen him come close a few times, yes. so I think just once he gets that one, I think that's going to really open things up for him. Mm. All right, that's going to be it for segment one. We'll be back after this with Conor O'Toole. This is a Brisbane Football Review Asian Champions League special.
3: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this.
1: And joining us now for the second part of the Brisbane Football Review, ACL special is one of the up and coming stars of the Raw squad, fullback Conor O'Toole. Welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me. Alright, so you signed with the Raw in two thousand six. What prompted your decision to come to Brisbane?
0: Uh, so prior to that I was at Adelaide Youth and I was I wasn't getting as much game time as I wanted, so so I was invited to train by Craig Moore. I was invited to train with the first team club and my first session there I was sort of, I was Mark and Tommy
1: Broche. <laughs> so it was a trial <laughs> by it was fire. Sort
0: of, yeah, it was, it was straight straight into the middle of it and um, so I, I'd pretty much watched Tommy Broche since he came to the A-League and I was sort of in awe. So straight away that was that was like, oh I want to be at this club, I want to learn off Thomas, I want to learn off all the all the other older boys that were here already. So that was, that's what made me. And the chance to work with a lot of those guys and John Aloisi as well would have been a big draw. Oh yeah, def definitely. definitely. I watched. I actually watched John score the penalty against <laughs> against Uruguay in two thousand five.
2: So we had about ten million others. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, the experience we had in that squad and even the young players that were coming through, it was all it was all very good. Yeah.
1: So this season, you've been getting a bit more game time with Corey Brown in and out of the lineup. What have you learned actually getting on the field this season in the A League? It's a, it's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Yeah, so the
0: the pace stepping up from the youth youth level obviously the pace and the physicality of it all is a lot it's a lot stronger, it's a lot quicker. It's just yeah, you have to get used to that pretty quick otherwise you you're struggling, but yeah, that's that's the main difference. So what's one of the specific
1: lessons you might have learned in getting more comfortable on the field?
0: Oh, what could that be I guess communication is probably the biggest thing. So I've got Papa inside of me, he's constantly in my ear telling me where to be, what to do. Same as Maddie, so that, that helps a lot. So as long as that communication's there, I guess you know where to be and what to do.
2: So the senior guys have definitely helped you out in early, your early days in the first team? Oh,
0: definitely. Especially Maddie, because Maddie, Maddie plays just yeah. inside me, so he's always in my ear telling me where to be, what to do. Does he remind you that he's ever played left back for the Socceroos? <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he always he always talks about that game against Perth last year where he broke his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to, yeah.
3: Uh, Connor, in your, in your opinion, you know, obviously we talk about ACL as well. Um, what, what would you believe would be the harder sort of you know preparation, the wicking grind of A League or sort of these special sort of you no know, one off, you know, games against unfamiliar opposition?
0: I think well, with last year when we qualified for the ACL, it was sort of a combination of both because we had the, the games, the eight-league games, and then we're backing up straight away. We're getting straight on the plane the next day, playing three days later. So, I guess... I don't know. It's, it's a hard yeah. question. Yeah, I no, because no, no, yeah, Because you're sort of playing every two, three days. So, both of them put together is just, a, is just a hard grind. It does make training a little bit easier, though, when you've got games every three days. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> pretty much just tactics and... You, yeah, we're not doing much running this session. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in this
1: weather, is actually probably oh, perfect it's, for it's, you guys. it's very good. All right. So, how do you handle getting yourself ready to go hypothetically every three days with all these games at the moment? Well, as you said
0: before, with the training, we, we back that right off, and it's it's pretty much just all your focus off the pitch is just on recovery so none, I don't think any all the boys just go home and play PlayStation together <laughs> 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 just, just, just on, on the mic to each other playing playing a game called Fortnite what so that? that's <laughs> that not fun. FIFA? <laughs> <laughs> nah F- FIFA's sort of sitting in the back seat at the moment <laughs> so you guys don't have competitions or anything? Uh, not not that often every, <laughs> every now and then we do yeah
2: I'll t- I, just before you came from Adelaide you were in j- Japan for a while at a famous yep. academy what was that like for you?
0: That was that was unbelievable. Yes. I loved my time there. Yeah, so I I moved I moved to Tokyo when I was fifteen. And I had to stay there till I was about seventeen, eighteen. So that that, that was an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, for a lot of young players when they go overseas, it's mainly to Europe. Would you recommend players consider going to Japan or oh, Asia?
0: My, me myself, my mum's Japanese, so yeah. there was always that draw of yeah. going to Japan. But in terms of football, I thought it was I thought it was next level. Like. Uh, when I first got there, I sort of couldn't keep up with it all, so I'd definitely recommend.
1: So, do you still keep up to date with the people you got to know over there, the players and whatnot?
0: Yeah, well, every 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 couple of weeks, I'd send them a message, see see what's happening. Yeah, there's there's what well, I've got one friend playing in the third division at the moment, and okay. he's he's banging in goals. So, did you pick up a J League club to follow? Uh, not really. We were sort of based around that Udawa Red's territory, so we went to a couple of games, but I didn't really.
1: What about sort of support a team? What about in Europe? Have you got any clubs you follow over there?
0: Um, West Ham is my team at the moment. Okay. Well, not at the moment, just in general. <laughs> a very popular club yeah. with a lot of Brisbane fans I've noticed. So you've yeah, in good company. A company couple there. of people wearing West Ham jerseys at the game the other day. So my my dad my dad supports them. So I sort of just drawn from that. Did you have a choice in the matter or was it
3: uh, really? I was sort of forced? <laughs> sort of <laughs> forced. <laughs> Um, I guess other than your current teammates, is there any sort of players, you know, that you either idolise or you model your playing style on?
0: Um, the Japanese guy, uh, Nagatomo. Oh, yeah. So he's obviously one of their greatest players of all time. He's just bombing on. That's that's what I aim yeah. to do. Yeah. I don't think I'm up to his level yet, but
1: that's, that's where I aspire to be, yeah. Alright, so you got the opportunity to make your broad debut in Thailand last year. What was that like coming on as a substitute? That Thai crowd was unbelievable. They had drums
0: going there. We even had quite a fair few raw, raw fans there, so that was, that was that was amazing. But yeah, that that whole atmosphere was incredible. Like even the Thai fans, they weren't they weren't they weren't really on our back, so they were sort of supporting us and supporting their team at the same time. It so was a fun so. night. Yeah, it was, it was a good night. So obviously we didn't get the result we wanted, but mm. it was definitely good. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously the A League results haven't. On the way anyone would have hoped for this year, can these qualifiers, along with Thursday's win against Perth, give you guys a bit of a springboard heading into the rest of 2018?
0: Oh, definitely, I think so. It gives us a sort of, gives us a break from the A League and gives us something else to concentrate on. So, obviously, when we go to these new stadiums, the crowds are pumping and it obviously lifts the boys. So,
1: I think, I think it it'll do good for the squad. Yeah. And how important is, I suppose, going on the road with your teammates in terms of just bonding, getting to know everyone? Because there was a fair bit of turnover this off season.
0: Yeah, well, I. Uh I think our squad, we've always been close, even for the two seasons I've already been here. We've been a tight, tight group, and the players that come in, they're just sort of integrated quite well anyway. So, I don't think team bonding was too much of an issue. It just gives us all a, an excuse to have a bit of fun. Was <laughs> there any,
1: were there any players that uh, sort of took you under their wing off the field? Um...
0: Even though is only a couple of years older than me, he's been very supportive. Like, even when I'm playing at the moment now, he's given me advice on what to do. And since uh, Chicha's come in,
1: he's always telling me what to do as well. So players are always giving advice to the young boys. It's good, yeah. Well, you spoke. we spoke to Corey and Jack earlier this season, and they were saying when they were coming through as a young player, they had a lot of help from the older players in the squad, especially the players that they were backing up. Is it important to create that sort of lineage of, I suppose, mentorship?
0: I think so, yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's only going to benefit the team. So, yeah, if you, if if there's bad bl- bad blood between teammates, it's not going to help the team. So, I guess if you're helping each other out, you're supporting each other. It's only going to help us, yeah.
2: Um, with the A League results not going to plan, is it is the ACL the priority now, or is it just one game at a time?
0: Oh, we take every every game, <laughs> one game at a time. Yeah, I think for the A League now, our our goal is to get in the top six, and we just want to win win as much win as many games as possible. And the ACL, we obviously want to qualify and get do as well in Asia as we can.
1: All right. Well, Connor, I think that's about it from us. So, we'll very much appreciate your time on the show this no morning. Thank you very much. Best of luck on Tuesday night and for any, hopefully, games going forward. So it does. Thank you. And All right. That's going to be it for this Brisbane Football Review ACL special. Thank you to Connor O'Toole and The Roar for putting up with us. Get out and enjoy the football this weekend and Tuesday night. We'll speak to you next week.